journalists out there trying to push real stories, trying to get messages out there. But Man, I heard about Nathan Nice and Kids Castle. When it comes to cooking and the food, I, I just know how to change your mood. You need this positive outlet, you know what I'm saying, and let people know everyone from every different demographic has a story to tell, and we need to hear it. Me, I'm just smoking a blunt. Me, I'm just eating some lunch. Me, I'm just, I ain't faking no funk. I just get to give the people what they want. The kitchen couch, Nathan Nice. Like skin Bourdain, you to say it twice And throw it with that ragu You already know that I do what it do Yes, 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 yes Thank you for fucking tuning in Once again to the Kitchen Couch Podcast With me, Nathan Nice N-A-T-H-I-N-N-I-C-E You can find me at that on all social medias At the Kitchen Couch on all social medias Tap into that line, 509-557-0521 with any questions, comments, concerns. It may be played on the Kitchen Couch Podcast Live. Uh, if you don't feel like using your voice, please tap into the Kitchen Couch at gmail.com. And we, once again, may just read it out loud up on the show. Right now, I'm bringing to you uh, a really special dude. Uh, my guy, uh, Shakar. I am Shakar. You can find him on all the social media platforms. You can find him on Spotify. That's where I found his shit, honestly. But I'm sure he's got Apple Music, um, Google Play, all the other shit. You already know. Just like the Kitchen Cash, you can find me on all the all the waves. You feel me? Um, this is a cool interview, uh, bro, from Florida. You know what I'm saying? Um, multifaceted. Got a lot going for him. Um, even during this interview, you know, he's in and out of Ubers, going to auditions, coming from a party. You know what I'm saying? Nothing but hustle and gang from this dude. So, you know what I'm saying? Make sure you uh, have a lending ear. Um, there might be a couple bangs and bumps and screws and a couple, you know, background noises. And that's just because um, motherfuckers is mobile. Motherfuckers just can't sit still, you know? So, you know, feel motivated by that. Uh, we got a lot to come. We got a lot to bring to you um, on this new season of the Kitchen Couch Podcast. I want to say this is season five. I should know because I'm the motherfucking owner and producer of this motherfucker. But sometimes, you know, we'll figure it out. Anyways, uh, I am Shakar. Thank you for donating your time, brother. And, uh,. Yeah, peep all the shit, peep all the waves, feel me? Holla, nothing but love from the light-skinned Bourdain. This is Nathan Nice with the kitchen couch. How you doing, bro? I'm doing good, man. Good evening. Um, you, said, you said you're at the, um, at like an event? Yeah, like, you know, Spotify, Rap Caviar. Yeah.
Shakar. Shakar. I am Shakar. Yeah. Okay. Man, I've been man, I've been kind of uh slowly following your wave and and seeing what you're doing, man. Like, what do you what do you what is it? Do you c- uh, categorize yourself as? I know people don't want to box themselves in, but like, um, I- I'm a musical artist, you know. So like, I do performance art, R and B, hip hop. Um, sorry, I do like uh, also like theater, musical theater, um, acting, commercials, modeling. So I'm definitely like a multifaceted um, artist that deals with everything. Mm. So are you with? Uh, I'm sorry, I'm getting my guitar right now. Are oh, you good? You say you're getting your guitar right now? No, I'm I'm, I'm getting a, I'm like an Uber. Oh shit. Oh, you're headed down to the event right now? No, I'm leaving the event. I'm actually headed back to my my uh, manager's home. So, um, I saw, man, I, I'm, I hit you up on a Florida area code. Is that where you're originally from? I see you post from New York. Yes. How about you? I'm based in New York City. Okay, are you are you originally from there? I'm sorry? Are you originally from there? No, I'm from Florida. Oh, so well, I, moved to, I moved to New York City in 2013. I was studying um, musical theater actually in school before I started music. And then uh, school, like financial issues and just like my housing situation got kind of chaotic. So like I took a leave of absence and then my, um, I got booked for this off-Broadway production. Off-Broadway? Yeah. And then I um, kind of just started, you know, doing everything that like, I was set out to do without paying $64,000 a year. Mm. So once like, the play was over in 2014, it was like, shit, do I go back home? Like, what do I do? But I already knew that, like, I'm, you know, a performing artist and I wanted to express myself through music so I was like yo I'm about to stay in New York City and I'm just gonna start music and I started it and you know I'm still here so what kind of role did you play in the in the play or what kind of you know what kind of role yeah did you get casted into uh so his name was Mellow he is like a 18 year old I would say like young prophet um you know, come from like a low income background, but was in a community um, as just like a young entrepreneur. And by that, I mean like he was selling weed. <laughs> and, mm. You know, everybody looked up to him because like he was like the intelligent one out of the group and, you know, wise and spiritual. And, um, you know, the one that, even though he was like, you know, you know, selling weed to make a living for him and his family. You know, he always was giving back to the community and um, hmm. was just just the just the the character that you know that everybody needed to like talk to in spite of like the struggle that you know they're going through internally with their family, you know, in their hood or wherever they were. 
Mm, I see, I see. So his literally his name was Mello. Mello. But he was like chill, you know what I mean? And like it's so close to like my background and like my lifestyle as well. Mm, okay, speak on that. What was your what, what do you mean by your lifestyle and like just just I mean like just being like spiritual and um into just like the universe and like self and you know people also like looking up to me as far as advice or just having someone to talk to. I didn't like really, you know, sell drugs and stuff like that growing up, but I've been around it, like I've been in situations where I was in the projects, you know, being like not having like my father around and being in a single parent home, you know, being an uncle of like twenty nieces and nephews and you know, just being that role model. So I was easily able to connect to his you know, his lifestyle. Is that one of the reasons why you decided to take that role instead of like do go another route? I'm sorry? Is that a reason why you chose uh th- this character to actually fulfill this character? Because you could actually identify yourself with them? I kind of can't hear you, but are you asking that why, like, I chose that character to play? Yeah. Well, I actually wasn't even going for that character. Um, I was going for, like, the lead character. But I ended up not getting that role, and I think I was going to be, like, an understudy for all of the, the male characters in that part, meaning, like, I was going to learn, all, like, all of the parts and have someone got sick or something. I was skeptical for him, mm. but um, one of the guys who originally had the role, he got booked for like an actual Broadway production, so I took his role, and turned out that like I was actually destined for that role, and like I play, I did the role, because we did the show like one summer, and then like it got called on for like another summer, so I ended up becoming like the reoccurring original role for him. Mm, I see, and that's and that's how Broadway plays kind of act, right? It's like, how many summers does it stay up or whatever? Yeah, so, you know, with, like, theater and stuff like that, it, it's, it depends on, like, how long it stays. Like, the show could run for a month or it could run for, like, five years. You know what I mean? Mm, so. mm. I've only seen a couple of plays in my life. I haven't seen too many. I mean, I'm up here in Seattle. I don't know if you ever been here you ever been to the West Coast, but... Uh, no, I actually haven't. Like, I haven't been to L.A. I haven't been to uh, Washington, Oregon. I haven't been over there yet. Man, it is it, it's, it's definitely, because I've been to New York, it's definitely different. I have not been to Florida, though. Um, I do know some people in Florida, but um, the vibe is so different here. And, and, and we do have a big play culture, opera culture, stuff like that. Uh, right. There's a lot more older people here, so even though this is a newer city than New York and, like, the South, um, there's still a lot of old people here, so a lot of the older culture, opera, and, um, yeah, the Fifth Ave Theater is is a big deal over here for plays and stuff. It's really beautiful. It probably seats about 600 to 1,000, maybe. Not too big, yeah. Yeah, so that's, like, that's what you would classify, actually, as just, like, a... Uh, equity like Broadway um, house. Mm. If it fits like six hundred to a thousand people, that's like a Broadway, you know, house. And then if it's under like six hundred to like a hundred, then it's like off Broadway. Oh, I see, I see. But I mean, Hamilton started off Broadway, didn't it? 
Huh? Didn't Hamilton start off Broadway? It started off Broadway, yeah. And then they finally, I, you know, they kept going and going oh, and going. Yeah, and like, I actually been called in for Hamilton like four times. Really? Have you taken any of the roles? I no, they didn't cast me yet, but they called me like every year. So I have friends in the show actually right now. They audition like ten times, which I feel like is a lot, but you know sometimes it takes that many um, tries to land something. And I mean, uh, forgive uh, forgive me if I'm mistaken. I've never seen Hamilton, but it's basically like a hood version of Shakespeare, right? Yeah, I wouldn't say hood, but they definitely incorporated, like, rap rap music and taking, like, American history about, like, George Washington and, you know, how, like, just about, like, the laws and some of the constitutions, like, became about. Mm, so you got to learn. So in order to be casted and stuff, you got to know a little bit about history, obviously about acting. and Right. And you got to be able to sing. You got to be able to dance. You know, you just got to be honest in, like, what you're portraying. But now, like, with, like, theater and stuff, like, it's becoming so, like, diverse and, like, everyone wants to be, like, hip and urban and Mm. rap and hip-hop, you know, and, like, a lot of, like, you know, musicals and stuff, they kind of water it down. But I feel like Hamilton, like, um, Lin-Manuel, like, he did a good job at, you know, not watering it down and making it commercial for Broadway. You know, like, the cadences and the flows and, like, the melodies, like, all resemble different, like, hip-hop artists that, you know, we know or that, like, we listen to. So, it's really cool. Like, I've never seen it, but I definitely listen to the music, you know, studying for the roles, and I I enjoy it. Mm. Do you ever feel like, as a black man or, like, a dark-skinned black man at that, do you ever get typecasted into things or they only want to cast you as the thug or they only want to cast you as the weed man or whatever? Definitely, definitely, like, you, like, sometimes you're, like, a slave, <laughs> as far as theater, you know, like, more of the times you're, like, a slave, or, mm. you know, sometimes you are casted as, like, that street, or that gangster, or, like, that thug, you know, but again, like, theater's becoming a little bit more universal, so I've seen shows where, like, you're a professor, or you're, like, a scientist, you know, or you are wealthy and like at the end of the day as the person you don't have to accept those roles you know what i mean like right. if you're tired of being typecasted you don't have no one's forcing you to play this part you know what i mean right but at i the mean end of the day you have the you you have the yes or you have the no once you're casted you can say no i don't want to do this or yes i'm gonna do this because well, do you ever feel like, you know, if you like, because I know a lot of people are constantly trying to, um, you know, get more and more roles, but they feel like, you know, a lot of people, especially the artists, you know, they'll hang it all up and they're like, you know, I, I'm going to make it, you know what I mean? And, and a starving artist type of role. So do you ever feel like um, if you don't accept these roles, you know, you don't know how many you're going to be able to accept or are you that confident right. in yourself or how do you feel about it? Right. I mean, I feel like you really definitely got to know where you are in your career and you got to think about like the pros and cons to like, okay, if I take this role, how will it advance me? If I don't take this role, like, where am I going? You know what I mean? Mm. So you really got to think about it. And then like, once you play like a certain amount of like roles that are unlike, it's like, well, I don't want to keep playing the same type of roles. But we see actors today in movies who like, they're always playing like the same type of like gangster role, you know? 
mm-hmm. like the police guy character, the detective. And sometimes like that's what you are. You're typecasted. That's like you're a lead man to play these roles, you know. So it really depends up to you. Mm. I'm, I'm definitely like very versatile. Like I can play different type of personalities. Like I can be, you know, narcissistic. I can be, you know, shy and intimidated, or I can be like the kid in class who like just get stoned and sell weed and want to make everybody laugh. Some people can't do that though. Mm, that is true. That's true. And I mean, it just leaves you leaves you open perpetually for more different types of roles too. Right. So, no, it's crazy. Um, I am Shakar, right, the name. So my real name, uh, my parents were actually going to name me Sakar. That was going to be my real government. <laughs> so what I Shakar? Sakar. Oh, Sakar. Yeah, so it's, like, really uh-huh. close to that. And, I, you know, it was crazy that, you know, they didn't name me that. But, you know, how did you come up with your name and your rap name or your, your, your artist name? Right. So my mom actually um, found it in the Bible as it being Hebrew. Because when I was first starting music, like, I was asking people, like, yo, like, what should my name be? And no one could, like, be serious about it. So I just went to my mom and I'm like, yo, I need a stage name. So she found it. And it means, like, the coming of um, dawn. So when you break dawn down, like, dawn is the first appearance of light in the dark sky. So me being like a light and my vision to like empower and inspire with my music and to heal in this industry that is very dark i felt like it was perfect (coughs) ma hey ma pass me my water (laughs) thanks for getting on this bumpy ass ride i'm your driver for this evening nathan nice AKA Light Skin Bourdain. You're now tuned in to the Kitchen Couch Podcast. Now streaming on Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. Thanks for tuning in with the foodie who ain't bougie. Visit that website, thekitchencouch.com. Merch coming soon. Day two. Whoa. Originally spelled with the K, S H A K A R. I changed the K to a C, just to make it easier to like find me. You know what I mean? Once you Google me, you see that it's me. You know. Mm. Mm. And it resonated with me well. And I feel like now, at first it was kind of weird, but now more people, like, it rings a bell. Like, I hear it all the time. Like, I hear Shakar so much. It's just like, cool, this is this is here to stay. Mm. So it's kind of like I am the dawn of light. I'm like the first crack of light. Yeah, or just like light, you know? Like, mm. I am light. I'm the coming of. I'm coming. This is what's happening. Mm. So, like, in some of your songs, like, uh, how did you get your musical background and, and who, you know, what what type of music? Uh, I always ask this, and a lot of people give me the same answers, but sometimes I get a different answer. Uh, like, who do you make music for? What What's the type of crowd that you're looking oh, for? Who do I make music for? Yeah. Well, first, I'm not going to lie. I make music for myself. 
because it's a way for me to express how I feel or what's going on, you know, inside. And then once I, like, relate that and I make it connectable to people, that also are going through the same thing. So it starts with me, and then after me, it's for the people. It's for the world. It's for people that need to listen to something when they're, like, weak and they want strength. Or it's for the people who want to go turn up and have fun. Or it's for the people who are battling with, like, their sexuality or, like, identifying with themselves. Mm. And then, again, it's for just, like, you know, people who just like good music. Mm. So okay. I have to start with me first. Yeah, because man. that's like that. how I can get people to connect because I'm being honest with myself and I'm being vulnerable and I'm expressing my true, my true self. And people love that, you know, when artists are, like, making songs for other people, that's cool. Or when artists are just, like, pretending to, like, live this lifestyle, I feel like a lot of people can't really connect with that. And, like, there's no longevity to that. But mm. once you, like, start from within, it's timeless, you know? That's true. I mean, I guess, like, sometimes when I ask this question to people, like, I'll, I'll be, uh, you know, uh, interviewing a dope boy artist, you know, somebody who's really in the street selling dope, and then they rapping, so they're pretty much like, I'm making music for, you know, the hustler, or the dope boy, or the people person standing on the corner like me, or, you know, sometimes... Um, as I as I kind of get more interviews, I'm tar I'm starting to get more artists, more artistry, different styles of artistry, um, different occupations, uh, and that's that's what I like. Uh, when when I, and what you know the the things that you're saying, it seems like your music tends to be really deep. Uh, I have heard a couple tracks. I mostly have heard you through Instagram, um, just saw seeing your 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 come up and how you're coming up and. I, you know, that's that's why I wanted to reach out to you and and talk to you about your hustle and how you're, you know, how you're getting it out there in the East Coast. Are you there? Yeah, I am. Um, I'm sorry. Well, what was the last thing you said? I'm sorry. Oh, I said, I said I wanted to interview you because you're out there in the East Coast getting it, and I just, uh, you know, I I see the come up, and that's why that's why I reach out to people when I'm seeing them coming up and. And, and, and choosing their lane and finding their lane, that's something as an entrepreneur myself I look for in other people. Yeah, I really appreciate that too, you know what I mean? Because sometimes it feels like no one's watching or like I'm not getting a result from like the amount of work that I'm putting in. But at the same time, I'm getting so much feedback that people are watching and people are enjoying watching me come up. Mm. And people are enjoying to see the growth from when I first started to where I am now so it makes me feel good to know that like people are following and people are listening and that people are you know paying attention because that's the only that's really like you know it's like I'm not just putting it out there for nothing you know so right. when I get feedback and people are interested to know like how the story is going and what inspires me and stuff like that lets me know that I'm doing my job Right, right. And I mean, th this platform that I created was basically, it's called the Kitchen Couch Podcast. And, uh, yeah, thank you. It's basically. Sorry, I'm leaving my Uber right now. Oh. <laughs> um, Are we live? You said what? Are we live? Uh, no. I mean, if I could go live right now if you want to, but 
basically i like oh. to keep it pretty intimate i mean i work we're recording right now yeah i you know oh, right, right. but Cause i'm all like shit like i'm in a car this mad background noise and but stuff. you know what it sounds hella real though and that's kind of what i go right. for on this is like real wholesome oh. shit like really how this started the kitchen couch was basically like i'm a chef i you know living in seattle not a lot of black people in seattle i'm bouncing around fancy restaurants trying to find my footing and eventually you know, I've met so many different people on my hustle, on my come up, and um, I met a lot of, like, originally how it started, I met a lot of gangsters, and I'm not I'm not a gangster, but these people, a, a gangster, like oh, a Crip, or a Blood, or a, you know, a D-Boy, and all that, I knew a bunch of those people, but I was never that guy, but I was always that guy that, like, smoking weed with them, and getting their stories out, and and listening, and you know, we're going back and forth. I'm and I'm kind of nerdy. No, so how did I fit into this crowd? How did I, you know, get these real ass niggas on here to be able to get this story out? And 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 so kind of like I started, um, you know, just reaching out to people that I liked, and like, hey man, let's get let's get your story out there, man, because that's what it's about. That's what the platform is. It's also a place where people can come and uh, feel comfortable, you know, after they eat, particularly. Cause I'm like the light skinned Bourdain, is what I call myself. So if you know if you know anything about Anthony Bourdain, he he pull up pretty much in Africa. He pull up in Nigeria. He pull up oh, wow. he pull up on you in Brooklyn. You know, have a meal with you, talk about the politics, the culture, the food, and that's basically kind of what I what I aim to do. And the the entrepreneurship, the travel, and the struggle, and all that. That's what I'm here for. So right. Um. So how long you been in New York? Say that again. Oh, sorry. I cut you off. My fault. What were you about to say? No, I was. I was. I was saying. What did you say? I'm sorry. Oh, uh, how long you been in New York for? So I've been in New York for five years, and I can't believe it. It's been. It feels like I moved here yesterday. That's crazy, man. It's crazy because I wanna. I really want to move to New York because it's one of those places like. So Seattle is the vibe here is kind of like a baby New York, but at the same time, it's really easy to get really comfortable, like almost yeah. complacent here. Whereas I feel like New York is like, what are you doing today? What are you doing tomorrow? What are you doing the next day? What are you doing? Exactly. Like you're booked, you're busy. It's hard to link up with people. Like everyone's on a fixed schedule. I honestly, I just want more trees. Like I want more life you know what i'm saying like it's oh, yeah. just buildings and trash and pollution and city it's crazy because okay so when i when i when i go to new york i what i think about is people sleeping on top of people sleeping on top of people like there's so yeah. much going on you, gotta be com- you have to really be comfortable with um like just you can't be one of those people who you don't like people touching you you know what I mean? Because as soon as you get on the train, people are on top of you. You know what I mean? Like, people are, like, right behind your back. People are in your face. And it can be, like, invasive if you're not that type of person. But being here for five years, it, I'm I'm hip. I'm used to it now. So it's like, all right, well, this is what I signed up for. So, Are you sick of the, the, the break dancers on the train and the poets and the comedians and all that shit? I love that, because that, that's, like, inspiring. Like, I'm honestly not that brave enough to go on the train yet and just start singing. I feel like that takes a lot of balls. But when I see that, I'm like, yo, I, I always give them respect. Because everybody, when you're on the train, nobody wants to listen to you. Like, no one wants to talk. 
everyone's doing their own thing, like listening to their own music. No one's like really engaging anymore. So it's nice to get that nice talent, you know? Right, right. Give me one moment. Oh, no problem. Man, that's crazy. I remember being on a train one time and this this crackhead, man, he came on the train and he was uh, <laughs> talking about, <laughs> he was speaking some comedy and I thought he was just playing around, but at the end he was like, yo, let me get a dollar. And he got a couple dollars. I thought that was pretty cool, man. And I thought that, that was, was something that I'll, I'll never, never forget, forget about New York. When's the last time you tried something new? Yeah. I, 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 Wanna see your truth? Yeah. Trying to follow, trying to get inside my mind, my body. I don't want no demons, only one pure feelings. Really, from my highest source above. I think I could be the one to change your life. Just get away from Just like, yo, I need to be. I'm so used to like moving fast, lines moving fast, everyone's speed walking, and when that's not happening. I'm just like, yo, where am I? What am I doing? Why am I not, you know, moving faster? Right. Hey, hold on. I think this is my, I just left a car with my manager, and now I'm getting back in another car to go home. Oh, damn. Hello, how are you? Um, word. But it's cool, though. You know, and then there's Ubers. Everyone's Ubering and eating out every day and partying and turning up but then there's just like the opportunities are endless you know i met so many people who've helped me with my career that it's a blessing because the network i'm building and establishing and you never know you know who you're meeting right you walk down the street or who, who you're meeting at a party you know and i used to serve at this restaurant um in brooklyn rustic tavern love that place and you know i've met so many people who are now part of my team that i served and it all took a simple question like what do you do because people can feel my energy i'm not just saying this to say but this is what i'm being told that you know people can sense my energy and they know that even though i'm serving they're interested to know what else do i do so as soon as i tell them they're like oh well i'm in music marketing or like oh i'm a drummer or oh i'm a stylist or oh i'm a photographer and then it's just like lit you know right so you always meeting people and even if like I'm meeting someone that's like in the financial marketing or something like you still build a contact that I can connect you with because like everyone is doing something here. Like no one's just in New York doing nothing. You know what I mean? Right. So it has its ups and downs. 
Well, I just prefer a little bit more nature. It's it's crazy too because like even even like the 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 homeless people they got to hustle. They hustling cans. They hustling this. They like pretty much in New York. If if it can be hustled and sold and marketed, it's going to be. It don't matter. It could be a piece of paper. It could be this. It could be that. The culture in Seattle, man, is crazy different, man. It, like, and this is something that I I, I loved about New York is that. differences that makes it that makes it that way is what i think um you know obviously having the the racial diversity in in new york there's just nothing like it and it it forces you can't you really can't be a homophobe or a racist or anything in new york because the whatever you hate or whatever you dislike they're touching you they're all over you they're coughing on you they're sneezing on you you know yeah. <laughs> so you can't it's like you, yo. <laughs> you know you can't hate a certain type of person because they're gonna be right there in your face and you know and say something about yeah. it say something it's a culture shock like when i was in florida like i really only experienced like black and white 
mm. mix. Well, to New York, like you have Latinas, you have Caribbean, you have Black, you have Puerto Ricans, you know, you have Chinese, you know, Asians, right. and it's like, yo, like I didn't even know. To the point where you they even, I mean? to the point where they even have Chinese Jamaicans now. I'm like, what the yeah. heck? <laughs> <laughs> those, that, and that's cool. Yeah. You know, it's like, wow, like, our culture is way more expansive than, like, our inner circle, our communities that we live around. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But the one thing is, if you do come here, there is a lot of tranquility. That is what I will nice. say. That you you go that. you go in an hour in any direction. We have pretty much every climate. There's you know there's um, tropical islands. There's mountains. There's desert. Oh there's gosh, beaches. Everything. There's forest. There's it's, it, 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 our culture is kind of like a lot about like picnicking and hiking and a lot of weed and you know uh, mushrooms and going on hikes and that's basically our culture <laughs> up here. So, yeah, that definitely sounds like a nice vacation spot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just to get away from, like, this work, you know. It's, it's, it's work, 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 work. I haven't even taken vacation in a while, you know. So it's just, like, I would love to be in a place that's strength, you know. There, and there's some networking opportunities here, too, um, you know, despite what I say. There's some – so you can – it's kind of the place where you can do both. Like a San Francisco, you can go – you know, go have a nice dinner, go network, and then go to the beach, or then go to the mountains, and then have a picnic, and then go kick it at the club, and then kind of has, it's a little bit multifaceted in that way, so. Right. So, man, um, so so what got you started into music, and, and what made you want to transition into being recording a recording artist? Well, like I was saying earlier, just like being not able to finish school, and I, um, always been around music my brother was uh, really talented and is a talented music artist rapper by the name of Kalito Guap Kali and um I've always used to like listen and watch him but I never like took it seriously you know and I'm, I've always been interested in singing since I was six years old taught myself how to sing and I used to make my nephews backup dance for me and just like watch artists on like MTV and VH1 and just mimic them and then copy them and just want to be like them. And then I, my mom put me on, um, she had me audition for a play, which at nine years old, which then like kind of pushed that, the music aspect aside. And then I started studying like theater from nine until like now, until I guess 2013 when I was 18, you know, so for nine years, that was my focus. In high school, I went to performing arts high school, and I was studying musical theater, so I was able to sing, I was able to act, and I was able to dance. And then once I got to college, all like the financial issues and not having a place to stay, like I had to take that leave of absence. And once I wasn't in school, I was like, shit, I need something to do to still be creative. And I need to be able to, you know, use my juice to make something and I was like you know what in the back of a car in 2014 I was freestyling and I was like yo I'm about to do music had my brother send me some records and I just instantly just started writing didn't 
structure. There was no hook. There was no structure. I was just writing. And then I was just showing everyone, like, yo, like, I'm rapping. Like, I want to be a rapper. At the mm. time, I wasn't even confident with my singing, even though, like, I always wanted to sing. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to rap. I'm going to be a rapper. And I um started rapping. And then I was like, you know what? I'm actually... I'm actually digging this. And I said, well, if I want to do this seriously, I want a manager, I want a management team, and I want to just, you know, do it. And again, just meeting, linking with people up in my college, I found people, my peers, who were looking for artists, and we started. And ever since then, you know, I've been making music, and I started really pursuing games. I dropped my first project in 2015. And from there, like, it's just been an ongoing experience. And I'm so blessed because it makes sense. Me being six years old to now me making music. And I'm like, wow, like, okay, so actually this is my purpose. But even better, now I can incorporate the acting. Like, now I can incorporate, like, the different musical styles into my music. And I don't have to just be this one-dimensional artist. Now I'm giving you more than just one type of talent i'm giving you all the talent so it all makes sense now like all of the dots are connected mm. and that's interesting so speaking on um um you know you starting to rap and then so then and what i what i've seen from you is kind of a mixture of of, of rap and not to box you in once again but just kind of being blatant like a mixture of rap and and, and singing and i've heard a little bit of jazz some jazz it was okay. kind of cool um some jazz sometimes yeah i heard i heard you singing i think it was on stage last night i saw your clip and that's what made me want to hit you up again and make sure we actually right. yeah, secured I, this i played ludlow house which is like it's a familiar place with like soho ludlow is like a membership only type of place like a-list celebrities you know they club there um and i had the opportunity to do like a really really cool house session and private no cameras allowed and i was able to just like perform and we did some really cool i brought my band out saxophone player my dj and like we just we just have fun and that was a really really fun show for me it did seem pretty swanky almost kind of like a like a you know when sex in the city casts and in chelsea they kind of go into soho and party there kind of sounds like something like that a little bit right and that i mean that's that's amazing um so speaking on rap though um what is what do you what do you think hip-hop means to you what does rap mean to you and and as a first question my second question would be you know people dealing with you know you said sexuality and and coming to their own and coming into their own skin how do you think hip-hop is then and how is it now how is it changing well definitely hip-hop has always been i feel like the voice for the people you know you could always be very vocal you could always speak about like what you're going through within like your community or like at home and like there's so many different styles to hip hop that you could like really never go wrong, you know? And now we're at like um we're at like a space of like post hip hop. And I feel like hip hop isn't like boom that it's not like that hard rap battle anymore. Like now hip hop is Yeah. You are now tuned into uh to uh the kitchen couch podcast with me your boy 
Nathan Nice, aka Light Skin Bourdain. Don't you fucking touch that dial. Becoming way more universal, you know, like we have like K pop now, like we have people that not necessarily don't have to be culturally like black to be inspired to do hip hop anymore. Mm. Now hip hop is for anybody, you know, and I think like there's so many topics that people are talking about social change and just like being themselves and of course you still have like the drugs and like that whole epidemic that's happening but you know like i feel like it's going in a great direction and like even like me being the artist that i am like it's definitely turning into a whole whole different and like a whole new wave It's it's man. That's crazy. It's crazy because, you know, when I when I think of, it's so crazy how hip hop is evolving to be more accepting, and more. Um, everybody's got this story. I think I think one thing about hip hop, uh, a lot of people tend to not remember, is that. So like I, I'm gonna use like Too Short for example, you know maybe Too Short's not the most lyrical rapper, but what he did do is put in legacy in the game, and he talked about all his legacy, and and he left a lot of legacy and brought a lot of people in, and I think that's one of the biggest things to rap. Also to remember that uh, hip hop and rap is recycled. It's recycled American culture. So you hear that that rock sample, you hear that Van Halen sample on uh, Wild Thing, you hear. Just little things, um, you know, changes. You hear that sample from, you know, Michael McDonald or whatever, and you hear that it's it's not just about black folks. It's about our interpretation and, and like I said, the legacy that we leave so that when people come behind us, they, they have or they come after us, they can see what we left or what they left and what, you know, so on and so forth. It's just this whole intricate thing, and I tend to look at things pretty deep, so... That's kind of that's kind of how what hip hop means to me. Um, it's always yeah. it's always been accepting. I think, you know, and and it's funny because a lot of times maybe it seems like you know it it's not accepting to maybe the LBGT community or it's not accepting to this. But even though now like there are LGBT rappers, right, right. So like it's post hip hop. You know what I mean? Like now it's not just strictly for like in that one box anymore. Like now we have like. A feminine male rapper or now we even have dominant female rappers you know what i mean right so like it's definitely like in a pool of like everyone like and i feel like the conversation and just like being accepted hip-hop is accepting you know what i mean and i don't feel like a lot of people you know even like my mom never used to like listening to rap music because it was so vulgar and it was just so like rah 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 and loud and stuff like that but now i feel like there's different levels to it you know and more people are like listening more people want to be down more people want to be a part of it and of course hip-hop is a genre that accepts all you know mm. so mm-hmm. i'm here for it and like i think hip-hop is here to stay as much as you know even with nwa and just like the police trying to like not allow people to cuss in their, their records back in the day, you know what I mean? Like, Sir Mix-a-Lot and just having, like, the vulgar language. I think it definitely just, like, 
transpired and like our generation is definitely like propelling and moving it forward into like a new place and i'm really interested to see like what this next shift of music is going to be like because mm. it, like you said it's a cycle it's just recycled so like we just been in this whole trap era and this whole autotune era which autotune has always been a thing like you know what i mean like from back in the day you know we have computer love and zap and roger have, like, all these different technology so autotune is not like it hasn't been there you know what i mean but it's definitely like prominent now and i'm interested to see like what's next like who what this wave of artists including myself and artists that don't even like be popping right now like we're coming with like a new force you know right right that's crazy so since you're a crossover artist um Give me three of your favorite hip-hop artists, rappers, and three of your favorite just uh, all-time artists and people that inspire you. Well, actually, just give me your favorites, and then we'll go about... We'll talk about inspiration. Yeah, so I would say three of my favorite hip-hop artists. Um, really, 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 like, loved, like, Busta Rhymes. Mm. His prime. He was like definitely one of my favorites. Obviously, gotta love Jay Z. Um, gotta love Nas. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Also, I like a lot of respect for Eminem too. Mm. Just like the content that he created, and where he stood. I mean, like it was, it was interesting. That's another topic. But um, those, I would say, like. When I first started to rap, I'm like, yo, like, these are the careers that I want to emulate. Hunter 3000, you know, like, mm. Big Boy, you know what I mean? We got LL Cool J, you know what I mean? Right. Even Will Smith. Right, right. You know what I mean? Like, those rappers, that career, Big Daddy Kane, you know, it's just like... KRS. Lit. So mm-hmm. there's generations of how it just works you know and then like crossover you know like i love like amy winehouse and um we have like lauren hill and um i'm trying to think like um because i'm more of like a marvin gay i'm more of like sam cook frankie lineman boosie collin mm. so those are like truly my inspirations like the temptations you know mm-hmm. <laughs> and i definitely like listening to like the real good bob marley music like that because it was powerful john lennon you know like it actually was to speak for mm. the people prince you know michael jackson you know like those are the artists that I was looking up to when I was younger, you know, Christina Aguilera, even Britney Spears, you know, like when I was like young, like those were the artists that were popping and like they were doing it really well at the time as far as sales and music videos and just like performance art and just like building out their stages and different things like that, you know, and I am emulating that because we don't, we don't see that anymore. Yeah. You know? People you like, see, like the Missy Elliott. Missy Elliott. Like, I was just Tierra gonna say Wack that. Right now is lit. Love Tierra Wack right now. She's dope. Mm, I have heard of her. I haven't. I haven't heard any of her stuff, but I have heard of she's dope. You heard of Princess Nokia? 
Princess Nokia, I actually saw her at a BB Barelli show. Princess Nokia is cool too. I saw her live and her live is just insane. I was like, yo, she's lit. Yeah. You know I mean, and she's she's based out of New York City too. Right. I think is is she I think she's Brooklyn? No. Queens? I wanna say the Bronx. Maybe Queens. I'm not 100% sure. She's like Puerto Rican and Italian or something like that. So she, yeah. Man, I, I remember her in that, um, I think it's 1995 album. If you listen to that, that uh, front to back slaps. Just the whole yeah. mood. It gives you it gives you being a woman. It gives you being an outcast. It gives you be a little, you know, fucked up sexual abuse. It gives you the vibe of New York. It, oh, man, just... Everything just chilling, smoking blunts with my girls. Oh man, I, right. um, you know, th- th- uh, two artists that really inspire me, uh, Janet Jackson. Uh, everybody oh. always Janet Jackson. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You have to. She has to. A lot of people will will you know. I, I like Michael, I but I, again. but I always loved Janet. I always loved Janet Jackson. Just her man. We could throw in a Janet Jackson. The whole family singing. We. Chick from anywhere from control to just about the Nettie Professor soundtrack, which is you know, all for you and all that. Man, that was yo, her performance game is just like crazy. Mm hmm. Rhythm Nation. Mm. There's nothing like it. And I'd say the second is a Sade, Sade Adu. Just Paul Abdul, yeah. No, 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 Sade. Oh, yes, yo. I don't know if you heard my Shadows record. Uh-uh. There's this Shadow sample. There's this Sade sample on there that my brother produced. Hanashi, love Hanashi. Um, love Sade, man. Like, her music is so soothing and so real. Vibes. And my mom put me on the Sade because that's what my mom was listening to. Sade, Anita Baker, mm-hmm. Shaka Khan, Tina Marie. Mm-hmm. Oh, Tina. my mom was listening to the real. So, like, I'm thankful for that because she put me on to real music. And that's the music I listen to today. You know, like, I love Sade, man. Mm. I'm gonna give you one more artist. I don't know if you heard them, but see me. I'm I was really into '80s and '90s black boy bands, like okay, like the especially and the more instruments the better. And don't get me wrong, I love my '70s, but the '80s was my time. Well, I'm a '90s baby, but the '80s music and the '90s was my shit. Um, Midnight Star. Midnight Star. I don't oh. know. I think you gotta put me on. Do I know Midnight Star? You probably do, but you probably heard it in passing. It kind of had the Zap and Roger feel. Kind of had that. Um... Like what's the pop? Oh man, they had so many. Uh, Freakazoid. I'll be your Freakazoid. Go ahead and wind me up. Oh yeah. Or uh, oh, yeah. no parking, baby. No parking on the dance floor. Ooh, I got that shit on vinyl, man. I'll put that on, and it's just, yo, I be nonstop dancing. <laughs> right, that's lit. Yeah, I'm actually once we get off the phone, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna make sure I like pull up a, a Midnight Star song. Yeah, pull up uh the album. Oh, what is it called? Uh, anyway, it's got the song "Don't Rock the Boat." And that whole album, it's a seven. I think it's an EP, but back then they would call it an album. It's seven songs, and it's got you know, snack, snake in the grass, ninety days, same as cash. That whole album, start to finish, is lit. Period. Period. 
I have it. I have it on cassette, or I have it on CD, and I have it on vinyl. That's how lit it is. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So now you just gave me some homework to do. And uh, Erica Badu, of course, of course. Of course, Erica Badu. Oh my God. She is G. You like um, she is definitely G. I actually worked with um this producer also like he's a dope person too he worked on her first album baduism mm. and i go into the studio and i just see the plaques on the wall from that album and i'm just like yo this album is insane mm-hmm. and it was just a blessing to even work with someone who worked with her on that because that album like yo that and lauren hill's album mm. and I would say my favorite Lauryn Hill was like the MTV Unplugged. Mm, okay. Not even like the Miss Education, but the MTV Unplugged because it wasn't commercialized. It was just her and a guitar and that was just so like intimate and real. You know what I mean? All you just got was the words. Like, and sometimes like these labels, like you know, you have to do this type of song, that work with this artist, blah 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 blah. blah. But it was just like strictly like her, Mm. and that's the best kind of music. I would even go so far to say is that she put too much soul into that album because that's probably her last actual recording of like a start to finish album. She probably gave it all on stage that you know those times and. That's what we got. That's it, right? <laughs> yeah, that's what we got. So you got to make it last, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but it's there forever, too, at the same time. So, you know. Yeah, and it's here forever, you know. And that's the type of music that I'm making. It's timeless. It's going to be here forever. You can go back to my first project and you would think that, like, it wasn't three, four years ago when I dropped it. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. And that lets me know that, like, you're, I'm making music. Like, that's real music. It's not none of this, like, overnight internet sensational shit. Right, right. You're putting your heart and soul into it. And it's real. Leaving it you all know, out there. Your mom can listen to it, you know? Like, it's not limited to just someone who's 24 to 30. It's like, this is real deal music. So, like, in the industry, or, you know, joining the industry, do you ever feel like you're pressured to make more popularized sounds and and lyrics and in not really because i don't feel like i've reached that that i'm not that deep into it and even if you know sometimes like i like to push myself to see if i can you know make type of popular tracks but a lot of the times like i just want to create and if i'm creating it's going to be popular regardless you know i'm not fitting nobody's standard i'm not listening to no one's rubric I'm just following my own path that God has put me on. And as I continue to do that, like, he's going to open up doors. Mm. And people are going to hear it, and people are going to reach out, and people are going to share it, you know? And if, you know, they always say, just keep doing what you're doing. You know, like, don't let nobody, like, tell you differently. That's what I'm doing. I'm just going to do me. And I know that, like, I'm going to create a lane for other artists that's just like me. Mm, I see. And... That's going to be dope, you know? So um, I was going to ask you, so we, we got two more segments, basically. Um, uh, we got the food segment, and we got the inspiration and the message uh, segment. So which one would you rather go down? 
Food. Okay, okay. So this is the kitchen couch. I'm the foodie. You ain't bougie. Ten years in Seattle, bouncing around. Ten years plus now. Um, you know, I've cooked anywhere from Japanese food to you know Chinese, uh, Mexican food, raw food, vegan raw. food, uh, American flip burgers. I've waited. I've fucking bottle service. Anything you can freaking think of. You know, buffet style, anything you can think of, I've served, I've done, I've cleaned, I've scrubbed. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> um, so, being. Yeah. You are now tuned into uh, to, uh, the Kitchen Couch Podcast. With me, your boy, Nathan Nice, aka Light Skin Bourdain. Don't you fucking touch that dial. I'm plant-based stuff Same, right same. Back in Florida, I was eating trash. <laughs> I was eating fast food, you know. Um, there's some, like, really cool spots that is just strictly in Florida that I do miss. But, like, I'm not eating, like, meat and, like, that type of stuff anymore. So I honestly can't even recommend, like, a good spot in Florida that, like, Mm. that's like probably not in seattle you know what i mean right but it's definitely like more southern there's definitely like more seafood spots that i love you know um and they used to have this place called saint pete diner it was so far that i always used to go and it was like open 24 hours <laughs> mm. So like we will always just like go late late night or early in the morning and just like eat like your typical like dinner food. I haven't even been to Florida in maybe like a year or so, so I don't even know like what's popping down there anymore. Mm. I just eating like you know fast food, which I would not recommend for anyone to eat. No, definitely not. That's crazy you say that, man. Because I'm actually I'm on that same wave right now. Um, I think the only time I make an exception for meat is if it's really good and it's made with love. But predominantly, I'm trying to stay alkaline, vegan, and I do love my seafood being from the Northwest. Uh, everybody knows we, we got the fish throwers and all that, and so um, yeah. definitely a seafood fanatic. Any type of seafood, pretty much I'm down with it. But uh, So what about New York? Um, you know, Give me like three good spots that you're eating at, the consistent you know, good memories, good time, good service, good food. Um, so there's this place, one of my favorite, I love like, um, Thai food, mm. um, sushi and stuff like that. So I would definitely recommend Akira Sushi. It's like really non-expensive, but they have like the best sushi, like the best, like Thai food, like stir fries, all of that stuff is a key. Um, Joe's Pub is actually, like, really good. It's this dining theater that actually broke, like, Adele and Janelle Monet and, like, different other artists, but they sell, like, you know, your traditional um, American food. And mm. then there's this, like, vegan place called Red Bamboo on the Lower East Side, and, like, they basically, like, take American dishes or, like, Asian, Japanese-infused dishes, but it's all, like, vegan. Mm. And soy free. So they have like like ribs and just like burgers, but it's not a rib and it's not a burger. Mmm. <laughs> That's crazy that you yeah, that's man, I would definitely try that and I love the lower east side. That's my shit. Yeah. 
that's actually one of my favorite parts of um, New York. It just seems so like like okay, there's Little Italy, and then there's Chinatown, and then there's Canal Street, and then then there's Lower East Side, and it's like you could literally walk to. I mean, Barclays is probably another you know half an hour walk. It's just crazy how much shit is around there in that little area. Right. Man, I. So yeah, man. So where's Red? You said Red Bamboo's in Lower East. Yeah, it's on the Lower East Side. Hmm. Mm, I definitely got to try that, man. I'm a big curry dude. I love me some curry. Oh, man. Yeah, curry is fire. Mm, all types, too. Jamaican, Thai. Give me it. Indian curry. I love curry, man. <laughs> yeah, curry, curry is definitely fire. <laughs> yeah, so up here, man, we have a big Asian community. Huge, huge Asian community here. So our Chinatown is lit, lit. And it's kind of, it's also at the same time, it's like kind of where I'm from. And it's also at the same time kind of ghetto too. So it's like, it's real, it's good food, and it's real. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Uh, man, yeah. there's just so many dim sum. I mean, not a lot of this is vegan, obviously. But yeah, the dim sum over here, there's an ocean star dim sum. And it's just, the people there are so nice. I mean, maybe there's only a couple things you might eat, but... It's just, you know, people treat you right, you know, and, and I, I know there's a, sometimes there's a little bit of a disconnect between the Chinese community and the black community, but I like to go some places where I, I'm reminded that I'm actually just a human, you know? Exactly. <laughs> you know, um, man, and I, I live, I live a little bit outside of Seattle, man. There's a place called Taimana. Ooh. They just treat Tom you. Time and all, yeah. Whenever I get to Seattle, I'm definitely going to hit you up. Oh, man. You're going to be eating all day. And if you want to stay pescatarian, pff, I know all the spots. Man, I know all the spots everywhere, man. But Right. I can't even forget the boil. The boil is just like seafood spot. And it's so, really so, so good. They do like, you can do crab, you can do lobster, crawfish, mm. shrimp. Mm. corn and like they give you like a nice bib and the gloves and it's a whole experience so like definitely you have to check out the boil too mm. where's that at lower east side <laughs> oh it's lower east okay okay i'll definitely check that man i love me some crab boil i love me some boil oh yeah mm. if it's like i said oysters and etouffee and, and po' boy and anything even just Man, we got we got a big uh, Korean culture up here, and and sometimes, man, you can get some barbecued seafood or some barbecue. I mean, it's the only other exceptions I'll make uh, for me: Ethiopian and Korean for sure. And the Korean barbecue up here is so slapping. And I mean, they have other things too. You can you can get seafood, like I said, but they're oh, they give you a little brisket, a little. Mm, I just. And they treat you right. You know, they give you, the, the the culture is they they set your dish down, they give you your shit, and then they walk away. They don't ask you how your dish is. You got to go to them to tell them if you need more stuff. <laughs> right. Right. Man, so, man, definitely got to, uh, you know, if, if I'm out there, I'm definitely going to hit you up how you take me to some spots, man, and, and show me some more yeah, shit. Yeah, of course. Like, I got you. Yeah, man. I, I'm tapped in a little bit in New York, uh, I'm tr I'm trying to take another trip out there. I it w I've only been there once. I stayed in the Bronx, and, and like I said, that was culture shock for me, man. I stayed in the Bronx, Bronx, like Mount Vernon, 
and um, you know, taking the two train in and then, you know, walking around Midtown saying, Fuck this and walking around Lower East Side, oh this is popping and going to Brooklyn, oh, I don't know what's over here and man. Right. there's something about new york and it's funny because i'm one of those guys that would never wear i love new york shirts but i actually love new york (laughs) i know yo like i would never wear i love new york shirt either but i do love new york like it's bad i can't really leave oh man and i'm trying to tell my girl to move there just because you know if anything it'll step our game up 20 fold but she's like oh you know maybe she wants to move to the south so we kind of we kind of going back and forth about it right the, the one thing that the south has is is they've got this brotherly love like it, even racist people are, are they seem i mean maybe obviously not crazy races but like even people that don't really fuck with you are generally more polite and nice like in my experience at least in the south they're like they might not like you but they'll serve you say thank you walk away like you know what i mean so it's kind of yeah. So, I mean, that's something I love about the South. There's a lot of connection, a lot of, you know, brotherly love. So, man, I'm going to ask you, um, who who really is inspiring you? You know, famous, non-famous, unsung? Who, who inspires you to keep going, keep grinding, you know, keep doing your thing? You're in the right path. Um, Just everyone that I, like, listed already, you know what I mean? Like, Frank Ocean. Is, I always get I'm compared to him all the time, but he's like inspiring. You know what I mean? Just mm. like the way he does things, like just his music. Um, under three thousand, you know, I have a lot of talented friends from just like Hanashi to Oshun to Cliche to Ari Kai. You know, so like my friends are like very inspiring, and it's dope to see like everyone just do and be themselves you know what i mean Mm. so that's definitely like a really cool thing um and i'm also like inspired by movies now like i'm inspired by art so it's not always about like music like inspiration can come from just like a plate of food that's plated nicely Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like inspiration can come from just watching like the motley crew you know i just watched that movie the other night like, oh the dirt the dirt it's yeah the crew. Mm-hmm. so there's different forms of it all over you know and i just love to like take it all in and just realize that like everything is kind of art you know just graffiti i see on the wall like on the street like if it's a book that i'm reading reading the healing code or the alchemist you know inspiration mm. is it comes from every source of every walk of life i should say mm. that's so true man uh, and and that's one of the the blessings of life is to find what inspires you and, and keep going towards it and and finding you know dang there's a country artist you know Lil Nas is inspiring me and whatever and you just keep finding stuff and it's not just like you said it's not just monolithic it's not just you know your your basic KRS one or whatever you know right um you know one person that really inspired me to kind of do a lot of these things is Anthony Bourdain just. The fact that he yeah. he was one of the only white people I saw actually connecting with black people and connecting with Spanish people, connecting with Italians and Asians and just whatever. He just the way he he, he you didn't he just had that sense of like, you know, he'll be in the middle of bumfuck nowhere. He'll still sit down, 
have a conversation with you. He's going to keep it as 100 as he can. And that's something I just never found in any of these other, you know, kitchen network stars. You know, they they have this sense of either they're a star or they're just a cook. And, you know, they're not larger. You know, I don't know. So Anthony Bourdain is definitely somebody. And my mom, I, I always say my mom just because, you know, she still has to work a job. And I say, man, if she has to work, then I got to work twice as hard. (laughs) Right. <laughs> you know, because if, if she ain't retired yet, then my job ain't done. If she ain't got a house, she ain't got a this, that, my job ain't done yet. Right. You know, then that's something that, that always keeps me motivated, man. Right. Well, I appreciate it talking to you. Hey, man. Try to get back to this stuff on this side. Hey, man, I appreciate it, man. I'm going to tap in with you, man. We're going to have a part two and, and all that, man. So tell them where to find you. Tell them how to get a hold of you and all that. Of course, so you can find me. I am Shakar, S H A C A R. I'm on all streaming platforms Spotify, Tidal, Pandora, Amazon, Google Play, SoundCloud, YouTube. I'm on Instagram, S H A C A R. I'm everywhere, low key. (laughs) (laughs) My Twitter is whack, so I wouldn't go follow that. But definitely check me out on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. And, you know, like, I'm really responsive and, like, I follow everybody back as far as I can. Sometimes, like, notifications get, like, lost in translation. But I'm pretty adamant about responding and just, like, really engaging with, like, you know, my course. So tune in. I am Shakar. S-H-A-C-A-R. Hey, man, I really appreciate you donating your time, man. Um, giving me giving me some game and giving me your experiences in life. And Yeah, man. Uh, man, go ahead and get your hustle on, brother. I'm, you already know us already. Yeah, man. So keep me posted about everything, and uh, we'll catch up again for part two. Okay. <laughs> it's a bet, brother. All right, man. Take care. You too. That was I Am Shakar. Good dude. Go ahead and check his music out. Go ahead and check him out, dude. Uh, Chilling in NYC. Man, shout out to you. I'm going to pull up on you. I'm going to tap in with you. I'm going to keep it 100 with you because that's the way of the TKC, a.k.a. The Kitchen Couch, a.k.a. The Kitchen Couch Podcast. Go ahead and check out thekitchencouch.com. You know what I'm saying? We available on all waves, all platforms. Shout out to iHeartMedia. Shout out to Pandora. We working on y'all. Coming up next, shout out to Tidal, black-owned streaming company. You already know Nate the Nice really wants to be on that, bitch. We working, we working, we working. We out here looking for sponsorships. You want to partner up with The Kitchen Couch? You want to partner up with Nate the Nice? Please send me a shout out, um, thekitchencouch at gmail.com. Also, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, uh any problems any uh dating advice or tips or or questions for the kitchen couch you could also hit the kitchen couch at gmail or you could leave a voicemail at area code 509 that's the tkc hotline excuse me pardon by my stupidity, you know what I'm saying? I give myself credit for being stupid. But anyway, um, if you want to leave a voicemail, we may just play it alive on the show. Um, I got a lot more coming. That's uh, we in the midst of season five now, the Kitchen Couch podcast. And we're looking for all types of things. 
get ready for for a lot of content coming out a lot we've got a lot um i just kind of taking a big break so thanks for staying tuned with me um yeah we're gonna keep it interesting we're gonna keep it funky uh i'm nate the nice aka aka the light skin bourdain now holla at me check out my shit that's a bet shout out to i am shakar let's go